Welcome to Data Leadership for Everyone. I'm your host, Anthony Algman. Everyone needs to harness the power of data. There's a lot involved in making that happen, and this show is here to make it all a little bit easier. Think of this as an audio advice column for all your data and leadership questions. Keep the questions and topics coming. We've gotten a lot. We need a lot more. So send an email to podcast at dl4e1.com or use our text and voicemail line at 773-888-2077. Today, our awesomely named guest today is Anthony Constantino. Anthony is the co-founder of Sticker Mule, a custom printing company that's taken the internet by storm. He's the creator of an award-winning hot sauce that he created as a joke and an active professional boxer. But his latest project has the potential to be his most impactful. At the helm of Stimulus, a social network that replaces advertising with giveaways, he's out to build a more authentic, happy, and useful social network right when the world needs it the most. Amen. Anthony, welcome mm-hmm. to Data Leadership for Everyone. Yeah, great to be here. Always fun to talk to other Anthonys. Absolutely. I, w- I would do a podcast that's only Anthonys if I could, mm-hmm. but there's not quite enough of us to go around. But happy to have you on and and you are our first new guest in the in the new show so we're excited to have you here today and this topic i think is something that is of particular top of mind for many of us right now is you know social media is messed up today like there is a lot going on with social media and there's so many different platforms so many different you know different social media sites in disarray you've got the elon musk craziness with twitter you've got facebook challenges you've got instagram you've got you know, TikTok being, you know, under threat of shutdown all the time. Like this is a crazy time for social media. And I don't think that anybody out there is like, yes, we are crushing it with social media today. <laughs> um, but you're in the fight. You know, you're doing this stuff. And 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 I'm really curious, you know, and, and our topic today is really about you know the future of how we connect online and the correct and ethical ways social media companies should think about user data, but at, at, like the layman service, it's like, how are we going to fix social media? And by, uh, by we, I mean you, how, how are you going to help us fix uh, social media? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a number of issues with, with social media. One of the fundamental problems with the existing social networks is they were all started by people that, you know, by and large started their companies to make money. Not that you shouldn't be doing that, but you know, they're all major wealth seekers that didn't really have the uh, philosophical or ethical background to like, to think those things through. They wanted to get rich and, and they succeeded at doing that, both at Facebook and Snapchat and uh, Twitter. <clears throat> but, um, you know, in an ideal world, given the impact these social companies have on us, and I don't think anyone realized the impact, even the founders of these companies didn't know what they were getting themselves into, you know, you'd want a sort of a philosopher king type person or a person that's at least starting it with a, a philosophical framework and, and, and an interest in doing good rather than just making money. So, you know, fortunately for me, you know, not that I'm this ideal person, but uh, I already had, you know, a great deal of success with with Sticker Mule. And, and I stay away from social. But when I finally dove into it uh, a few years ago, I saw how bad it was. And um, mm-hmm. I don't like to talk and not do things. And I was talking to our CFO one day and, and she just said, geez, you see all these issues with social. Why don't you try to, you know, actually do something about it? You like action. And so um, I think just the fact, you know, the fact that we're starting from a background where, you know, we're, we're trying to do the right thing is, is a big difference between what, what the other networks were doing. They were out there trying to make money and, and they succeeded at that and, and hurt a lot of people along the way. So how does that actually manifest in things that these organizations are doing? So because I, I, I think top level, totally agree. Like these companies are out there to make money. We know that when we use social media, we are the product, right? Like we are the ones that are creating value for that social media company. We're the eyeballs that the advertisers are paying for, right? Yeah. How do you switch that up? And, and what do you think 
the kind of core of doing something differently to address that? What does that really look like? Well, we have no obligation to make money at stimulus right now. We're not making any money at stimulus. We're, we're you know, exclusively. I say we're sort of an innovation lab, innovation lab mm-hmm. to see if we can make uh, social a more positive place. Right mm-hmm. now, we're at, uh, you know, we're the first social network where everyone's verified because we want to mirror real life. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg talks about this thing called the metaverse, where you have like a mirror of real life on the internet, but it's not a real mirror of, of real life. In real life, people operate under their identity. You know, your name's Anthony. I know what you look mm-hmm. like. My name's Anthony. You know what I look like. If you have an interaction with a human through the majority of human history, you knew their name, you knew their identity. And, and that uh, fact of life mm-hmm. just naturally encouraged better behavior among humans. Doesn't mean humans don't get into conflict with each other because they do. But as soon as you take away identity, all of a sudden, you know, people start changing and acting differently than they would otherwise. So that's that's one, you know, fundamental difference we have. Um, you know, there's a number of other ones, the other, the other networks, you know, because they were so driven by whatever, you know, whatever was an interest in power, I think of originally as an interest in money and then maybe later on an interest in um, power, mm-hmm. they monetized and made a lot of decisions that were clearly harmful and they had no shame in doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a person that did have a sense of shame and did have a sense of, uh, you know, I don't know, interest in, in, in the greater good and not just in the interest of benefiting themselves and their organization, they would have clearly, prevented certain types of bad action from happening. So, you know, Twitter let bots run rampant and, 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 and create malicious tones. Twitter um, built a lot of stuff into their algorithm where they rewarded hateful conduct. I'm most familiar with Twitter, but, you know, like the thing that's disturbing most with Twitter is it was very clear that the Twitter algorithm was rewarding controversy. And it's a game. And people want to win the game. They want to become the most popular player on the network. So you play by the rules of the game. And if the rules of the game say, hey, c- controversy is how you get attention, and grow your uh, platform on Twitter, people are naturally going to do what the game wants them to do. So in order to succeed. Um, so, you know, yeah, yeah, that's a fundamental problem with Twitter. If you look at, if you look at, I'm, I'm, I'm less familiar with our numbers, but you look like a, like a lot, like mm-hmm. a Snapchat. I have, you know, friends that have kids and I know for a fact that like drug dealing runs rampant on Snapchat mm-hmm. among kids. And, and I saw it firsthand and I, they have to know what's going on. And I knew a father who said, I have no recourse to stop this. My kid actually is, you know, engaged in this behavior and I don't know what to do. There's no, because it's all in, you know, in, in Snapchat, why don't they get involved and do something about that? Well, you know, all these networks were started by people that are very interested in making money. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that's one of their fundamental flaws among other things. Yeah. So as I think about this and, and I, and I believe you in, in, how you can elevate that and not reward that kind of controversy. I have to imagine though, if you're a social network where everyone is verified, you're, you're mm-hmm. going to have real costs associated with doing that verification up front. And so mm-hmm. you're still going to have to find a way to monetize the platform. Will that be through <laughs> a fee-based model or is that through an advertising model where, I mean, because if you're verified now, all of a sudden you have much more credible customer data. And I mean, this is a data leadership podcast. So it's, it's you know, do you have better data <laughs> about your users that can then lead to better advertising and more beneficial connections to that? Or, or how does it actually work when you think about the, the economics overlay? Because I think once you remove the ethics, there's a lot, it's a lot easier to make money. In almost yeah, any certain, context, you, know, you, right? you have to make money. You can't just operate without making money, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, first of all, a verified user base is far more valuable, right. Mm-hmm. To advertisers. 
you know, one of our other things we're doing is, you know, the biggest lever on Twitter to get attention is, is, is controversy. The algorithm rewarded it. So we realized like people are playing this game and they, and they want to get attention. So you need to give them levers to pull to get attention. Well, one lever that's really successful, that's positive in nature is giveaways. Wow. So we're the first social network to replace giveaways with advertising. You can attach a giveaway to any of your posts in order to get attention. And that's a positive lever that you can pull. And people, hmm. and people use giveaways in all the other networks. The problem is the fundamental problem of giveaways and all the other networks, number of problems. There's a huge credibility problem. There's a huge trust problem. There's a huge fraud problem because, mm-hmm. right, the, the, the players on the network aren't verified. So one person can enter the giveaway 100 times or 500 times or 5,000 times. Yeah. You know, they have no way to stop cheating on the giveaways. Mm-hmm. The people participating in the giveaways have no way to know if the winners are fairly chosen. It's, it's, it, there's no, no one knows how that's done. Um, you know, and then there's no way to know if their prizes are awarded. And then even if you're doing everything on the up and up and you're trying to be in your, you know, doing a fair give, well, you can't do a fair giveaway because the participants can always hack the system. Mm-hmm. But assuming you are picking a winner and, and issuing a prize, there's a, uh, a major hurdle for the, for the, uh, the people doing the giveaways in, in terms of getting the person, the prize and distributing the prize. And that that's a fairly complex process. So our network, um, fixes the fraud problem because everyone's verified fixes the fairness problem because we select the winner in a fair manner. It's randomly chosen and it fixes the distribution problem because we handle the distribution of the giveaways of the the prize as well. To participate in a giveaway, do you have to agree to something like a a being part of an email list or providing some additional information or is it, how does that like the detail aspect of that? No. So if you look at the way people run giveaways, not our networks, it's generally, uh, you can um, use the, the the mechanisms that are already are on the network. You know, liking a post, commenting on a post, sharing a post. You know, things voting, voting. You know, uh, giveaways combined with verification combined with voting is really cool because if you're a business and you want to get feedback on something, you can very quickly get feedback from real people, incentivize them to give feedback. Uh, you know, with a post. If you look at Twitter, for example, a business might go on there and do a, a poll. Maybe they get mm-hmm. twenty seven responses. You come on stimulus, you can run the same poll, give away a few hundred dollars and get 2000 responses. So you get better data. And this is all real people. And you can't vote unless you're a verified human. So, um, yeah, very cool. So we're looking for every way possible to innovate and show people that there was a lot of money left on the table in this, in the world of social where there just wasn't any interesting innovation, uh, you mm-hmm. know, going on there. So in addition to this, you know, we're the first network to have image polls, which is going to continue getting better. I suspect others might copy that feature but it's like why does this not exist it's just these boring word polls but we do image polls which is great for you know we've used it mm-hmm. for example when we're coming out of a new t-shirt you can throw four different options up and say which one do you like best and uh you know and any the the result ends up being pretty interesting that's really pretty cool useful. and i just like the idea of using this mechanism for things like market research and mm-hmm. learning how to make a better product or how to distribute a product more effectively or what have you, you're, you're gaining something that's yep. different than just trying to push your product on somebody. And I like that because it's it's a more earnest uh, collaboration between the business and the social media user where anybody benefits. You know, if you give a giveaway now, you know, a person has a chance to at least have uh, something direct, but then everybody benefits because ultimately the products get better and and. It's mm-hmm. good happens. So I, I like yep. that. I think that's a cool, a cool way you've connected from, the pieces on this to, to drive a better system. And you're getting feedback from real people, which is lacking on the other systems. You really don't know. Is it, is it a real person or is it, I don't know what is, you know, or where are they located too? You know, mm-hmm. like if, unfortunately, you know, realistically, if you're a, 
you know, a, a, a U.S. business, you know, most of your clients are in the United States, like, why do you want, you don't, you might not want feedback from somebody in Europe or somebody in South America, but you don't, you know, and on Twitter and the other networks, you don't really know with the feedback's real or if it's people that are even relevant to your, to your business. Right. Right. So do you, cause I have not, I've not used Simulus uh, directly mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the kind of content or the kinds of things that people are, are using and interacting within the social network. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it feel more like a Facebook or more like a Twitter or like, how do you characterize what the network is for the uh, these verified users, is it a good place to talk to your friends, or is it a good place to have community level conversations or, or business conversations or whatever it is? Um, you know, visually, you know, there's a lot of a lot of the designs already been optimized. So if you look at like, you know, I come from e commerce world, and like the idea of like what a checkout looks like has already been decided. So right. you know, visually, it looks a lot like uh, you know, Twitter. Bar, you know, there's some good ideas in Twitter, some good ideas in Facebook that it borrows from. Yeah. Um, but it's really its own sort of thing. One of the most interesting things about about stimulus is, you know, we we, were, we took a little bit of criticism for this in the beginning that we never we haven't built a, a moderation system yet, and we haven't needed it. Yeah. We've been around for, um, you know, we've been we you know officially open for about six to eight months now, and we've had nothing but positive comments. We don't have fights. We don't have nastiness. We don't have really any problems at all. And everyone's like, how are you going to build a social network without moderation? Our theory was, you know, people operate under their own ID and you remove the algorithmic incentives to be misbehave, you're going to get a better reflection of society. And that's what we've gotten so far. And we haven't really had an issue. We, you know, we had a, a minor moderation issue and we also um, are the only network to uh, publicly show all of our statistics. So you could see how many users are on the platform, how many verified users, and also how many suspensions we have had. A, the only suspensions we had to do were for, uh, for, excessive nudity which we didn't see coming you know but we don't have an we don't have a not, a not safe for work filter yet and uh we're not entirely opposed to nudity but we just said look you know no nudity until we have tools to control this because you shouldn't it's sort of like real life you can't just expose yourself to people without their consent and so um you know we asked people to do that and, and some people didn't just insist on posting nudity so they got yeah. temporarily suspended until we can bring um protections in place do you have it do you have both open and closed networks in, in that? I mean, like when I have my Facebook friends, I can mm-hmm. kind of interact in my own little circle, but if I'm on Twitter, yeah. I'm kind of just wide open. No, How we're, does that we're more like a Twitter. It's one giant yeah. community. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're targeting, you know, we're not trying to cop, you know, one of we're innovation lab. We want to, you know, show people that cool stuff can still be done on the internet. We're not targeting anyone. I call us more like an internet bazaar or like a oh. internet mall. You know, we're more focused on also, you know, we're more focused on business. Than, than mm-hmm. anything, I think these Twitter's very focused on news and um, political stuff. And, you know, it's fo- Twitter's very focused on news, probably above all, which is cool. Um, there's yeah. no none of these other networks. and thing lacking. If you look at the other networks, they weren't built by people that had a that ran businesses previously or, or understood the challenges marketers face in growing businesses. You know, I I came from building sticker mill from nothing and into a decent sized company, and so. I felt the pain of using these networks and not being able to effectively use them to grow my business. So we're trying to build, uh, we're trying to build as many tools as possible to help businesses. First and foremost is another one of our philosophical principles is, you know, economic well-being is a fundamental human need. So that's one of our you know, highest priorities. The other networks, if you look at them in terms of Maslow's hierarchy, like they, they, they focus on Twitter in particular, focus on self-actualization, right? You're on there to express yourself, but that's, you know, you, you, you're the majority of people, in the world don't have an issue with expressing themselves. That's not their biggest concern. Their biggest concern is money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
And so our network is very, very concerned with helping people in a financial way, whether it's business, helping businesses grow or, you know, encouraging businesses to run giveaways to help the other side of, you know, the other um, side of the spectrum, which is just regular people that don't necessarily own a business, but, you know, need money. So we want to both help the businesses and help the community on the networks succeed financially. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think, you know, I like free stuff. I like to, you know. Mm-hmm. get exposure to new, to new things uh, where I can. And, and that makes a lot of sense. I also think about the the context of news is an interesting one uh, because I think it's clear, uh, abundantly clear that the traditional model of publishing, you know, a news media has been destroyed, especially the print newspaper world has been absolutely decimated largely because of the internet. But I mm-hmm. think many people feel like there's not a good alternative to that now because it's become hyper sensationalized and and hyper there's a lot of um these uh these bubbles and these just echo chambers of if you have an opinion you can find somebody who can keep talking about the opinion that you have and and reinforce that without necessarily broadening your perspective on what's actually going on and and so i don't know that we've solved the replacement we destroyed the old one but i don't know that we've actually gotten to the the new replacement have you seen an evolution of that? Or what do you think is the future of internet driven news and how people relate to it? Um, Cause I can't believe we're at the steady state yet in, in the know. evolution past. <laughs> to be totally honest, it's not a uh, stimulus. You know, our focus isn't on news. And if you look at our community, they're not engaged in news. You know, we'll get a rare post about some news related topic, but people don't come to stimulus for news. I think we're focused on commerce and helping people financially. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, like people enjoy shopping, you know, they like Mm -hmm. shopping, they like interacting with companies, they like learning about companies. And, uh, you know, that's our focus. I might, you know, get myself in trouble for saying this, but in terms of the evolution of news, I think Twitter under Elon Musk is is doing a lot of making a lot of good decisions in that regard, Mm -hmm. you know, particularly with community notes. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the, you know they have the community notes, which is a annotation program for 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 tweets where mm-hmm. um, they you know the, the community can help fight misinformation on Twitter, and and, and that program seems to be a pretty cool innovation. Not anything we're looking at building because we don't have that problem to solve, but uh, mm-hmm. I think Twitter is doing some good stuff in terms of making news better yeah. on the internet under Elon Musk, and I think people should give him an opportunity to see what he ends up doing. Similar to similar, you know. I, I like people have an issue with, you know, some people have an issue with the guy, but similar to me, I think, um, you know, I started stimulus before I knew he was going to acquire Twitter. And uh, I don't think he acquired Twitter to make money. He already had plenty of money. So I think, you know, we're both in a similar situation that we both started social networks without a strong interest in making money. Although, you know, making money is a necessity to, to have an enduring business. So, you know, I think we both realized that, but I think unlike the prior, you know, generation one social network founders, uh, both stimulus and Twitter have management that, you know, is concerned with the greater good. People might disagree with that, but you know, that's my perspective. Also, yeah, being no, I think that, that has I already made my statement. money and, um, you know, <laughs> it's not that I should be praising a potential competitor or whatever, but, uh, you know, I'd like to be an honest, I, I can be honest. Yeah. Well, and I think it's too easy to sensationalize and, and kind of dismiss, you know, noise and not see, you know, good things happening as well. It's usually a mixed um, mm-hmm. collection of, of good and bad and, and, and you know, change. And, and change is, is inherently uh, perceived as, chaotic. as a negative. Yeah, people, people don't like change. It's chaotic. And he had a, he had a you know, he had a huge, he took on, took on a big challenge. But the community notes is a major innovation. And I and um, I also believe to his credit, he 
he he calmed the algorithm down so that it's not so rewarding of hateful content, which yeah. anecdotally well, and- I've seemed to have experienced using Twitter. I, I remember a year ago, just the amount of hateful content was in, was insane, and uh, it's it's calmed down a little bit. That's good. And I appreciate your perspective on this, uh, just being in the industry and seeing it from that perspective. That's a unique view that that we often don't get. But to kind of bring it back to what you're doing directly with, with stimulus, what are who are the kinds of businesses that you would want to attract? Because obviously you're trying to attract individual users, but you're also trying to attract businesses to, to come and participate in this uh, social media platform as well. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular kind of business? Is this something that would be appropriate even for business to, you know, B2B types you of know, businesses? I suspect it's going to be most useful for business. small, you know, small business are, yeah. you know, we really, we want to help, you know, people that aren't, we want to help people that need it most, right? So like mm-hmm. giveaways are designed to help people that need it most. And, and in terms of businesses, you know, big businesses are already doing well and good. They don't necessarily need a stimulus, but we're going to be very focused on helping, you know, small businesses. We started as a small business. We know the challenges are growing from nothing or, you know, we started with just a three, four people. So, um, you know, we're, we're most interested in helping those people. And we suspect those are going to be the people that are most willing to give us a shot because, you know, they're open to exploring and trying something new and, and we're going to do our best to, be a useful platform for them. That's great. I mean, I think that especially, you know, the whole small business, the world is stacked against small businesses. It really mm-hmm. is. I mean, the big businesses get tax breaks. They have economies of scale. They have much cheaper medical plans. They have a lot in their favor. And it's it takes a certain amount of, you know, faith and a certain amount of insanity, I think, to go and start a small business in in the Mm -hmm. U.S. and anything we can do to help support them and realize that there's unique things that they can provide that big businesses never will. I'll just tell you an example. Like I had, um, there's a local in my my little suburban town, there's a local coffee roaster that I wanted to try out and they'd send a 10% off coupon that I tried to use and it was expired. Like it just, there was a glitch and they said, oh, it was was expired. So I emailed the the people because I'm like, if I don't tell them, no one's going to tell them that this coupon's not working in their, you know, WordPress site or whatever they're using for their, uh, their webpage. And so I, I emailed the person. I'm like, Hey, I tried to use this. Couldn't the person responded with 20% off coupon. And then when they delivered my order, they threw in an extra bag of coffee just because I helped them. And they, they felt bad that it was a bad experience for me. And I'm like, no big business ever would have done that. Would never have even heard me when I said, "Hey, your thing is broken," you know. Mm-hmm. And so that that small business touch, and I'm going to be buying. I haven't tried their coffee yet, but if, if that coffee's as good as I think it might be, I'm going to be buying coffee from them for a long time to come because of this experience. And that's something that you know, when given the opportunity, small small businesses have the ability to rise to the occasion like that and and do something special. So I think this mm-hmm. might be a way to help facilitate those kinds of karma building moments with businesses and potential customers and not just treatment of uh customers but also treatment of employees uh, you know i would mm. say tends to potentially be a lot better in small businesses because there's just you know there's more of a caring atmosphere and it's easy to manage a small culture and have a great you know culture for 10 20 30 people than it is for hundreds thousands of people so yeah i agree with you you know small businesses are at a major disadvantage not just because of the tax stuff and, and whatnot but you know also the internet in general um technology in general tends to form natural monopolies and and companies that have been around for a while, like us, tend to get a natural advantage um, once you build your tech uh, infrastructure <laughs> that you can keep building upon. So, you know, small businesses that are starting from scratch, um, you know, need all the tools that they can get to, to succeed. And, you know, we're, we're trying to focus on that. 
Yeah, well, and I and I applaud you in this effort. I mean, it, it, take it on social media is not a small swing, man. Like this is a uh-huh. big deal. But I, I kind of just from your bio alone, I feel like you you are a kind of person who doesn't back down uh, and and is perfectly willing to take a big swing. No, no boxing pun intended there. But um, yeah. the uh, it's uh, you know, it, it's really cool that that you've taken this on. In the last minute that we have, do you have anything that you'd like to cover or share with our audience that maybe we didn't get to in in the context of the the conversation? today no i just say nothing's you know with what you're nothing's guaranteed and you know i can't guarantee we're going to succeed but you know our, my track record has been pretty good and I, I like to take on crazy challenges like, you know you referenced the boxing everyone thought i was nuts i got into professional boxing at uh you know age 39 right now i'm four and oh four and all knockouts and uh you know while doing all this other stuff so sticker mill is the only company i ever started that one succeeded which people say you know usually you 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 know you fail a few times before you succeed so i don't like failing at things and uh, nothing's guaranteed this is a big challenge but we're gonna do everything we can to make sure it's you know it succeeds yeah that's awesome advice and that's that's an awesome approach and and i'll be rooting for you both in the ring and with stimulus i think <laughs> you've got the the right attitude and and i absolutely uh, hope it works out and, and continue all the success that you've had so thank you uh, for being on the show and and sharing this with with the audience thanks so much anthony thanks for having me Thank you. And this podcast is data leadership for everyone. But if you need some data leadership for you, I want to help. So send topics, questions, favorite recipes, sponsorship proposals, whatever, uh, to podcast at dl4e1.com. Or my phone number is 773-888-2077. If you'd prefer to text or leave a voicemail, you can find subscription links and all our episodes at dataleadershipforeveryone.com. And until next time, be good to your data, be better to your business, and be best to each other. Now go make an impact. Impact.